welcome back to the Easy Mojo Podcast. Uh, this is Brian Gilronan, BG. Daniel Peterson, what's up everybody? And tonight we are joined with our very special guest. I'm very excited to have Crystal Peterson with us this evening. Say yes. hello. Hello. Hi, Crystal. So, Hi. Crystal is, uh, you know, a, a big fan of this podcast. She's listened yeah. to every episode, mostly because her husband is Daniel. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we love it. And I've, I myself have known Crystal for many years now for... Jesus, 13, 14, something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. She's known Daniel much longer, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple years longer. Yeah. Couple years. <laughs> and we've been uh, very excited uh, to, uh, you know, we've talked about having you on the podcast for a long mm-hmm. time, and, and we're finally doing it. So It's very, it's good timing, I'll just say that. It is. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're also joined by two special guests tonight, which are kind of the X factor in the podcast. That's right. We have Lucy and Roscoe. Mm-hmm. We're not going to ask to say anything because that that would be problematic. Yep. You, two you dogs, way too loud. <laughs> two dogs, tonight. two dogs, and we love them. They're actually here for every podcast. Usually, uh, Crystal is keeping them at bay for all our guests, but um, t- tonight they're with us. Yay! So you guys got to saw, see a little bit behind the uh, behind the curtain there. That's so. right. <laughs> So, anyways, Crystal, thank you so much for being here tonight. Um, you know, I usually start out by asking people, you know, where they come from, mm-hmm. et cetera, and so on. So, uh, if you don't mind, where where did Crystal grow up? Um, well, I was born in Indiana, Anderson, Indiana, which is, if no one knows where it is, in the central regions of Indiana, about 30 miles north of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and was born into a family of musicians, my mother being a professional musician and and vocalist and pianist. Um, And she still is to this day. She's now 60 years old. She's been doing it all of her life. She's a vocal teacher as well. Um, And my dad being a musician also, um, but having since then moved into more of a consulting naturopathy doctor kind of path in Mm -hmm, life, mm -hmm. which has been great for him. Um, But early on, we, they were already singing together as a family with my dad's brother. Okay. And um, there are even pictures of me, uh, well, my mom pregnant with me at the piano singing oh, wow. and playing. And it's me. Is I know that I'm there. A pre babe. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and it, it kind of, that's kind of how, like, I don't remember not ever being around music or mm-hmm. not ever singing. Yeah. I just yeah. don't. Yeah. It's like I came out and then. My mom said around 10 months old, she says that's when she started to notice some kind of, uh, she said she would just, she would sing things and she, and I would kind of echo her in the same range mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she would mm-hmm. be like, hmm, okay. And then she <laughs> take, would- Take she no, would, note of that. She would say, well, I just kind of expected it anyway, huh. is what she says. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. when she heard it, she was like, okay, cool. So I, I remember- very little about this, but I do remember some of it. When I was 18 months old, first time I ever performed publicly, mm-hmm. they picked me up and sat me up on a chair with a tambourine. Oh my gosh. How old were you? 18, 18 months old. 18 months with a tambourine. Yeah. Yeah. And I played, uh, yeah, I played it. Right. I played an old gospel song because my family, they were, they traveled, they were traveling ministers and, mm-hmm. and pastors and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's really all we did as a family for like the first 
five, six years of my life. So like the show was always going on. Like pretty, it was pretty every much. night. Mm-hmm. Damn. Okay. I mean, we were practicing. It's kind of all one life, you know? Right. Practice, ministry, performance. It just was always one whole thing, not and, separate experiences. And then new, new community the next night and mm-hmm. just... Bopping yeah. around, wow! Yeah, yeah, you traveled around a lot. Right? Yeah, 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 and we didn't even really live in the same place for very long either, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because I think by the time I was two, we moved to California, oh. to San Marcos, California, and we were there for two years, and mm-hmm. then we moved from there to Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and then moved from there to Columbus. No, there to Florence, Kentucky. Oh, geez, you the remember greater all Cincinnati this? area? Insane. Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> And then four years later, I thought living someplace for four years was it's, monumental it's like at that point. Reach down, I was right? like, wow, we were putting, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then when we pulled away from there, I was brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. Oh, and like, my friends. I remember looking out the rear, the rear window of our car, Driving crying, away. literally like a uh, movie. Yeah. There go my friends, oh my family, God. my life is over, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we moved to Columbus, Georgia. Mm-hmm. which is where I ended up. Uh, tra- one of the big things about that for me was not going to private Christian school anymore, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I was able to go to public, public school. school. Okay. And okay. that was life-changing for Shout me. Shout out Columbus, Georgia. In such a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a teacher there too that really impacted me in a big way. Oh, sweet. What Do you remember their name? William Gibson. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Good job, William. Yeah. He uh, he was one of those guys who was not only teaching, but mentoring. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the main things he said to me was uh, about not be, being what other people wanted me to be and not feeling the pressure of doing that, but to be myself. It's very mm-hmm. interesting yeah. that early to hear that from somebody like yeah. that. How, how old were you about when? Sixth grade. Okay. Well, that's a formative time. Yeah. 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 So Especially I, to get that message, too. I know. You know? Yeah. I know. Um, and I remember at the time, I, I think I understood it a little, but I don't know. You know how sometimes you just, you hear things, you, you think you know what you're hearing, and then 10 years later, you hear it again in your head, and you're like, oh. Yes. I understand what they were speaking to. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They, they, I mean, yeah, they were seeing... They could see what future you would yeah. potentially turn out to be. Yeah, it was from really there, interesting. Yeah, that's, you know, shout out educators in general. Yeah. Sure. And I ended up joining, you know, band, that was my first experience in band mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. playing the flute, which my mom played. Yes. So she handed me her instrument. and Which you still play. I do. Pretty sweet. Sometimes yeah. play, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no virtuoso, but. Um, so anyway. Um, and then we ended up moving from Columbus back to uh, the Florence, Kentucky area. Okay. And then from there, back to Anderson, where I went to high school, and back in Anderson, Indiana, where I was born. Oh, wild. And I was there for four years, graduated, and then... So that's like one big loop. Basically, yeah. That was my childhood. That's wild. And throughout all that, like, I started... My mom had me uh, working as a singer at age seven. Mm -hmm. She walked me into a studio, actually here in Cincinnati. Okay. And it's still in existence. Sound Images, Sound Images. Mm -hmm. Still in existence. Florence? In In Cincinnati, downtown. Downtown. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And back in that, like, back in 1988, around that time, Cincinnati had a very bustling studio scene. Mm -hmm. There was all kinds of music business going on here. Mm -hmm. My mom worked every single day downtown doing session work and stuff. So... Um, it was a great place for me to start, and uh, my mom 
just got me in there, said, hey, try her out, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you can tell her, you know, you can she say no. She said that to the, the studio. Yeah, to the producer. To the, okay. Yeah, she okay. just said, just give her a shot. If she can't cut it, she can't cut it, you know. And I ended up doing my first session that day and continued from there. I That's what I did. Um, and have never stopped. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was my job throughout high school, junior high, high school, and uh, and then until I ended up uh, signing a record deal and all that stuff. So I, w- well, obviously that's a big thing, record right? deal. Yeah. But I, I have to ask. So just quick, because you know we obviously we always focus on Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky. Yeah. At the Easy Mojo Podcast. So I, I've, when you were doing that studio work, you know you were saying like seventh grade, you know, seven years old mm-hmm. to high school. Were you doing that studio work at that same studio in Cincinnati or were you bouncing around to places in Indiana and like Midwest? Right, whatever? the latter, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, Damn. I was, no matter, wherever we lived, we, my mother was working and I was working. And then That's awesome. once I hit 13, she and I were doing sessions together on mm-hmm. the same session, which okay. was super fun. We kind of did everything together Okay. for many, many years. And can you tell our uh, listeners what's your mom's first name? Oh, yeah, Shelly. Shelly. Yeah. Shout out Shelly. Shelly. Excellent. She's uh, out in Irvine, California now. Oh. She just moved. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yep, kicking ass out there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's about to do, she's finishing up a new project of her own. <laughs> still creating. Still, still doing it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your first major deal, because mm-hmm. you were just talking about that mm-hmm, when sure. you got signed. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that part of your life? Yeah. Um, so it happened very quickly, really. Um, See, that's what, I, don't know what, I moved our phones over there, and Daniel's is done. I don't know what it was. I don't know if that's the yeah, Sorry, that was a weird buzz. Weird. We'll edit that out. Actually, we can't edit anything because you're not allowed to edit. Yeah. Jeff doesn't let us edit anything, so. <laughs> Not true. We'll just. <laughs> um, it, yeah, so it seemed to happen very quickly. Um, it was like it, the, what would you call that? Like the tip that somebody gave somebody a tip about me, oh, essentially. Like a heads up. Yeah. Like, hey, you what do you check call that? Out. Yeah. And Inside at, scoop. At a studio where I worked on a regular basis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and in Indianapolis. And I guess there were some writers and, and producers in town doing a session, and they were looking for somebody to sing a song they had written Okay. Um, so that they could pitch it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so they ended up giving my mother and father a call and saying, oh. hey, you know, let's, can we, can she come down? Mm-hmm. And we said, Oh, they were looking for you specifically. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> and we said, sure. So I went down, my mom went with me and I sang for these guys and ended up doing, cutting the demo. And then mm-hmm. they ended up putting me in touch with a guy who was a, um, at the time a Zamba writer and Zamba is the publishing arm of Jive Records, which oh. I don't know if Jive's even in existence anymore. I don't know. It's probably been absorbed into Jeff, one of the can, larger labels. Jeff, can we get a research on that Jive label? Yeah, because uh, that's what Britney Spears was on, Backstreet okay. was on. All the big pop bands at that time were on that label. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, and so he, they said he had been looking for some new talent, and mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. wanted to do a demo with me to try and pitch it to labels. Okay. And um, so they brought this guy in, this writer from Zamba, producer, mm-hmm. and he'd cut some, some tracks on the 
genuine record. He'd worked with Pink. A lot of the emer- really emerging artists. Catalog, at the time. yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exactly. So they thought, well, let's let's have him cut the demo. Okay. So he flew in. We cut a demo there in a small studio in indie. Um, it was my first time really doing anything as a recording artist i had mm-hmm. done a lot of jobs right. you know i i would go in and they'd say sing this jingle okay here you go and here's here you the pro- go here's uh-huh. the product smile more here do this here sure <laughs> yeah. got it okay. and then you do it sweet so going into the studio doing something on my own and collaborating with somebody like that was interesting i'd done that a little bit for my mom mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. again it was her project so yeah. this is your first independent really it's was just, it's just and crystal were yeah. you writing your own songs at, at that point just you know even on your own time or was that something you were interested in at all I, it's funny, I, I don't think I was really writing a ton at that time, maybe melodically, but not mm-hmm. lyrically. Gotcha. And I I think, if I recall correctly, I think it started out that the, the guy that came on board to do the demo, he ended up writing a lot of the initial demos I did. And he also helped me really solidify some of um, the abilities that I had when it came to stacking my voice in the studio and honing that as a skill, you know, um, which unlocked an entire world for me of what I now call painting with your voice. I mean, you just, mm-hmm. when you're able to open up any track you want and create an entire orchestra with your own voice, it's like an entire world out there. And so that really expanded my musical consciousness at that time. And I think sort of awakened a hunger in me that I think was already there. But because I had been in this, in, sorry, in this environment where I had been doing the same kinds of things, like working oh, with my family. Were, okay. You, know, you had this, it, the familiarity. Yeah. I'd like... just been doing things really well that I had been asked to do for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Sure. And coming to a place where I started to have a hunger of my own to create something of my own, I think was a real turning point for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Were you still in high school at that time? Was I was. Like high school? Wow. My senior year. Okay. I was okay. 16. I turned 17. I graduated when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was still actually competing in show choir competitions at that time. Okay. Uh, for my school. <laughs> and then after. What? <laughs> well, that's got to be a weird kind of disconnect, you know? <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine, like, okay, like, let's go do our thing, go team. <laughs> then, like, serious work, yeah. studio, record. Yeah. And- it was, I mean, that's it, wild. It was really cool, though, because with show choir, I felt really a part of a community of people where it wasn't just about me and what I was delivering as a product. It was about my contribution to the whole. And I really, that really made me feel like something was right about it. And the people that were in show choir with me at that time were so supportive and such friends to me and the teachers I had were actually very strategic also. I learned later that this was intentional. They ended up having me do certain things with the choir so that I wouldn't be bullied or so that I wouldn't Hmm. turn into a, because I had a director prior to the last director I had who would put me in front of the class and make an example out of me to other people. And then then everyone hated me. Everyone should emulate you kind of thing. Oh, Just dumb stuff like that. Maybe not the best. No. Strategy. No, well, it didn't help me really become a part of the school community. No, and it didn't help you know. anybody else either. I right. mean, that's, yeah. Thankfully, that's, mm. I'm, you know, I ended up making some friends and they ended up getting to know me and, you know, realized that I really did care about being a part of the group. Yeah. You know, yeah. so anyway, that was really cool to be able to do that. I think that probably also was a part of me going, I'm ready to step out on my own. Mm-hmm. 
um, because the you know school gave me the show choir program gave me a chance to do that. Yeah, it gave you some great support. Yeah, That's without awesome. my parents, without a producer, right. without a job. Yep, you can own it. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Be part of community like that you chose. Right? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, after a fashion, right? Sure. You know? No, yeah. but absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, choice is key. That's really cool. Yeah. So I oh, so I signed that deal when mm-hmm. I was a senior in high school. So my parents mm-hmm. actually had to sign it too. Oh, right. And then they ratified it once I turned eighteen, of course, because mm-hmm. they were like, "Let's cut those people out as soon as we can." Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> let's work. let her make all the decisions. Let's work mm-hmm. around these laws. Yeah, man. All right. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, um, and then after signing the agreement, um, it was I think about three or four months after I graduated that I moved out to Los Angeles and okay. stayed there for about eight months recording the first pop record that I had put out. The first one that that group signed you to, right? Yeah, Me and okay. My Piano was the name of the record. And my name me at the time was Crystal Harris, which Crystal is my maiden Harris. name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people ended up calling me Crystal the Supergirl, which is very weird. Crystal me. the Supergirl hit track. Right? Yeah, that yeah. Record. And that really, I mean, it wasn't really my idea to market myself that way. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it was really odd to be branded in that manner. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I did write the song with a couple other people. That Supergirl song came from a diary entry that I had written. Oh, okay. So it was, it was something I was truly feeling yeah. um, and had felt for a lot of years. Um, so that was good, I guess. But then turning it around to be like a marketing campaign was real weird. <laughs> well, that's got to be so strange to see your inner thoughts become. It's, I mean, just kinda... okay. This is what we're going with now to <laughs> millions of people. It's real weird, man. I, I could not even imagine. I mean, I get yeah, it when it crazy. comes when it comes to business. I get it, but sure. when it comes to being a human, it's weird. Well, I think in a young, very young human. You yeah. Know. Well, sure. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're looking back. You know, yay many years later. But at the time, I mean, I, I remember my 18-year-old self was like, okay, next thing, like, I guess we're doing this. Like, I couldn't, you know, yeah. to have the foresight at that age, like, how's this going to play out for me 30 years later? Like, as far as <laughs> sure. all these, where I'm strategically placed in royalties, like. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I, I mean, was just, <laughs> taking, just taking the advice and rolling with it and not really realizing until after the fact what was really going on it was the classic vh1 behind the scenes whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it story that happens to almost every young artist yeah, that enters the business i mean you're eight, you're 18 years old you think people have your best intent it's like why you really would do not, think that I why know. would not someone have my I, best intentions at heart i know yeah, i yeah. haven't experienced yeah. uh F fucking terrible shit right <laughs> exactly <laughs> right right <laughs> pardon the language but i mean there's some bad folks out there that are looking out for themselves. I mean, we've, right. we see that. And if many. you're a dreamer, you know, if mm-hmm. you're a born dreamer, you'll probably just be like chasing the dream, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Well, and it seems like such a great opportunity, you know? Well, yeah. it was life-changing. Right. I mean... It's a golden ticket type set. You, you know? know, even just the shopping around experience was weird. Like, once we got the demo done and we went and met with all the major labels... What, is, what does that look like? What does meeting with the label look like? And so the first meeting I did was with, I believe, Sony. And because we met with Sony and Columbia. We met with Jive. We met with Tommy Boy. Um, and in the end, we ended up meeting with uh, Kevin Richardson of the Backstreet Boys because they mm-hmm. were starting a label at the time. Oh, okay. And 
the producer, the writer producer that I was telling you guys about that did the demo mm-hmm. happened to have worked with them. So he heard oh, from them directly that they were looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, oh, well, I happen to be working with this girl. So in the end, we ended up going with them. But right. but the visits to the different um, the different record labels and stuff, it's it's kind of like what you've seen in the movies or, or whatever. You you go to this office, this high like you're in a with, skyscraper with all these mo- this modern furniture and like cool shit everywhere, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're sitting in a waiting right. room waiting for this powerful person to come out of an office, mm-hmm. listen to you, and change your entire and life and judge you. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, what? No pressure at all. <laughs> and it's really at that chill, time. Right? It's like when you're there, you're thinking, well, you know, it, it just it's more. It's it's like you can be really talented, but if you don't really know who you are, it's an interesting experience to be I, in because it's feel, all about making no mistakes can, instead of being yeah. about I'm here to be who I am, mm-hmm. come what may. Yeah, I mean, the coming with experience and being able to, as you have done so many times, represent your authentic self. I mean, I think that that has to be that has has to be difficult for anybody. Yeah. When you're, you know, you haven't experienced anything. Your experience was, you know, on the road, do mm-hmm. the thing, do the the, you know, company line commercial thing with mom, mm-hmm. and then get the know, training. Next step, do and it then, again. Whoa, mm-hmm. Everything changes. You right. Know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's different, but it's in a way, it's also like a natural maturity process Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah where you're going from like for instance with music you're you're learning how to play as you play Mm -hmm, and then there comes a point where you understand the language and then you start to create your own prose and your own conversations (laughs) that's my doggy's tail they just want to say they just want to say hi they're the dogs are great. They help with our anxiety. That's all. I'm My, uh, mine, anyway. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll say. I think everyone in this room, <laughs> I would say. So, yeah. Um, it's, it was an interesting... I'm so glad that I had the opportunity and, and ultimately ended up with the Backstreet Boys and their project. Mm-hmm. Um, it was distributed, I believe, by Geffen Records. They ended okay. up being the distribution for their label Mm -hmm. um but it opened up the opportunity for me to to open up for them on their worldwide tour Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. particular year after i finished the record i think it was 2000 i believe 2000 2001 something like that um and that was an incredible experience i was able to connect with hundreds of thousands of people yeah because the crowds they were in front of were so monumental i've got to ask i mean as far as i mean you you played church shows and different public shows and things like that Mm -hmm. i mean what was your biggest show prior to that tour? Oh, oh man. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a sense of scale a for... A couple thousand people, maybe. A couple thousand to... 70,000. Holy shit. Yeah. It was the largest. <laughs> that was the largest one. Where was where was that at? Brazil. Okay. Rio. Hanging in Rio. In their stadium. No big deal. Yeah. It's it cool. was wild. It was wild. And... I mean, what kind of mind space can you were you in? I gotta ask, like for that such a big change um it's actually what i always had seen myself doing i I had i felt as if i'd already been there before um because i don't know i guess when i sing i feel like it's 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 such the world kind of opens up like that into this Mm -hmm. vast expanse so when Mm -hmm. there are seventy thousand people there it almost feels like 
that's what's supposed to happen. They should be there. It in a way because yeah. it's like opening. It's they're just an expression of nature, and you know, it's about connection, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I feel like music just opens up like that, large, vast, large, vast spaces. Mm-hmm. And being able to really sing to that space with those people was very special. It was actually one of the things that really started to turn my brain on to my hunger to create something authentic. Hmm. Okay. Because I wanted to be, what I noticed through that through the experience was that I wanted to be with the people okay. more. Oh. I wanted to that sing the draw. to their heart. I wanted to commune with the people through music. I wanted to lead them in song. And... At that time, most pop shows were just programmed, and um, you put an ADAT in the machine, and you press mm-hmm. play, and then what's, I come walking out. Hold and, up. Time yeah. out. What's an ADAT? So an ADAT, <laughs> was it a DAT or an ADAT? These were little digital things that look like um, little video tapes, VCR tapes, but they sure. had music on them. Oh. It was the way that we used to, one of the ways that people used to record and transfer audio. Okay. And the fidelity would be different, right? If it was a CD, it would be more compressed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but if it was an ADAT, it had more of the fidelity remaining from oh, the original recording. Oh, okay. Um, I want, I think, so it was like actually, a plug I think and play? ADAT, ADATs were the ones that were the size of VHS tapes, and DATs were the ones that were like mini little babies, baby VHS tapes. Okay. <laughs> and in the studio, when I recorded that first record, it was all ADAT. Okay. Like there, we had. Well, anybody that's an audio engineer is going to know what this is, but it's just a big stack of things that look like VCRs that mm-hmm. you put these tapes in, and they roll and record as you record. Oh, oh, wow. Session. Yeah. Okay. And the more tracks you need, the more of those you need. Is that still a thing today or no? No. No, because everything's no. digital now. Pretty much, we yeah. don't li- We live in the cloud. I guess, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff shaking his head. <laughs> no. No, it wasn't. Do we... <laughs> uh-uh. I was trying to get confirmation if we still live in the cloud. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We. I think we are remaining in the cloud. Yes. Okay, that's not so bad. No. Okay. So, so but, bottom line, like you, you didn't have a band behind you. It was mm-hmm. it was tracks, and you would just right. yeah, do exactly your yeah. yeah. Um, the track would start. I would walk out and prepare. Lights would come up, and it was thirty minutes tight for that opening slot by yourself. Yeah, me and a piano. <laughs> okay. So I would go that's out. Wild. I'd sing, and then I'd play. A little bit too. And then at the end of the show, I would do a song with just me and the piano without any accompaniment at all, which was the only really live portion of the show for me because it was unplanned. And I've got to ask, is that, was that your favorite part? Yes. Oh, of course. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I think that's, I mean, so full disclosure, I've played with, well, you guys know the longtime listeners. I've played with Daniel and Jeff for a long time, but also Crystal for a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So um, we've talked quite a bit about, you know, that authenticity and connecting with the, the yeah. audience. And I'd, I'd never heard that story before. That's that's wild. I didn't know that's how you're feeling. Like, even in such a huge space. Yeah. Like, you felt the immediacy of that connection. Yeah, it's weird. And, and you know, for a long time, I kind of blamed myself for being... Like for going, getting into a situation and, and the, you know, cause you know, hindsight, you're always like, that was a stupid decision. Maybe I should have never done that. Or maybe I should have just stayed and done the thing. And I mean, you go back and forth when, cause eventually I removed myself from that situation right. and I left and went back mm-hmm. home and kind of restarted my whole life. Um, but now, now looking back and seeing from then to now, I feel like that was an experience that was very important and formative for me to begin to establish my own will about Mm -hmm. who I am as a creator 
who I am as a person even. Like a defining statement yeah. moment. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, like part of one of the most impactful things about defining things for yourself is really the no side, not always just the yes side. Yeah, right. When you find a closed door or you hit pain, it's a mm. strong message that you never forget. Yeah. And never take for granted. Yeah. And for me, it was like a gracious way of me being able mm -hmm. to see things firsthand immediately and then make a clear, definitive decision. Okay, this is what I connect with. This hurts. I can't really do this. I'm fitting into a shoe that doesn't fit mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, or mm -hmm. somebody's putting a cookie cutter on me and my arm's about to be sliced to ribbons because it's just not the right shape. Is that how you felt when you were having to play to the tape? I mean, yeah. as far as the closed door analogy? Yeah, really. And I the, mean, yeah. it, the same thing every night. Okay. Um, so it's like you, you were doing commercial stuff as a kid, now you're doing the yeah. same thing every well, night again. That's you know, a like, great yeah. observation. I mean, truly, mm. I just felt like I didn't have the chance to really open my heart up. Mm-hmm. It's and like it, you had to say, here's the company message. Right, well, sure. Do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And growing up, you know, doing stuff with my family, especially my mother, I think there there was some spontaneity because it was it was always live and mm -hmm. open. So when I when that was removed, I noticed a difference. Okay. And I went, mm -hmm. okay, this makes me kind of sad. Mm -hmm. So it must be right. important to me. Mm. I w oh, you know, I always tell a story, too, about th the night that I had the big-time revelation of this was uh, performing in North Dakota in okay. the basketball arena there. Is this with same same tour? Yeah, this was this was the, a Backstreet show that so I was we're, opening. So we're yeah. mentally moving, everybody. We're going from Rio, 70,000 people, yep. to <clears throat> North Dakota, yep, where USA. There, I think there were probably about 12,000 in this arena. Damn, this is like everybody in North Dakota. Mm -hmm. How about that? <laughs> That's true, right, probably. Good job, North and they Dakota. Were, they were stacked from floor to ceiling. It was crazy. And uh, I came out to open up that night, and I think I got through the first... I got through most of the songs in the set and then sat down to do my acapella thing with the mm -hmm, piano, mm -hmm. which isn't really acapella. Sorry, that's inaccurate for all the nerds out there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Um, I love the nerds. Um, I, I sat down to play this song and sing it, and like the first two measures were fine, and then the piano was gone. Couldn't be heard, period. Oh, just cut out. Just done. Okay. So I... In the moment, just picked up the mic and went out to the front of the stage and finished the song. Okay. Acapella. Yeah. And after I finished, the place was like thunder, thunderously. Oh, that's cool. Like it, everyone stood up. Yeah. Thunderously applauded. And in that moment, whether they realized it or not, they were helping me realize that that was the better thing for me. Mm, okay. They felt it. I yeah. felt it. Yeah. We felt it together. Wow. And that's what I continue to seek. Mm. in my music mm -hmm. you now. had that wow that's such i've never i've never heard that story that is really awesome yeah hmm. so what brought you from that situation to that next phase in your life where you went back home and <clears throat> yeah so um i you know i did some some television appearances was doing you know i had an agent at the time so i i was you know get trying to get into some television and film and and was successful doing a few of those things didn't really do that well as an actress back then. Mm -hmm. So if you go YouTubing it, 
just know that you're going to find some weird shit and you're going to be like, who is that person? And you're going to be like, oh, that's awkward. Oh, did, wait. <laughs> I think I saw, there, what was that show? Do we not want to say Touch it? Touch Fine Angel? Touch, that's the one with oh, yeah. the smoking. You're smoking. Oh, yeah. It was whatever. a teenage smoker. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, uh, I shouldn't laugh. That's a good message, but. Yeah, it is. It's just, you know how Touch Fine Angel is. I mean, you know. I actually, I don't know if it's a real hard issue. I don't know how many yes, people on this right. list, listeners know what that is. They're like, touched it by doesn't a matter. Who? Touched by a hua? It, it was a show. <laughs> Who's touching me? Right, yeah. <laughs> Who's touching me? It's a show. Check it out. I don't want angels touching me. I don't want anybody touching me. I don't want nobody touching That's me. Right. All right. So anyway, yeah. So Touch by an Angel was one of those. But I also appeared in several Disney movies. And, oh, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. one of the big early things that happened was Disney hopped on board with the Princess Diaries. And oh, that that's right. So, but after all that, and I was, you know, still plugging away, taking some auditions and, and whatnot, looking at what the next phase of my music would be like, mm-hmm, recording mm-hmm. some demos for that. Um, I just continued to feel more and more sad. Oh, no. And um, I had a, a manager at the time who was not s- super really supportive of who I really was. Maybe wasn't looking out for just you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And um, just as time went on, being in that situation for a while, I just started to feel like I was, I shouldn't be there. Mm. I, I, I remember even asking myself, why are you even in Los Angeles right now? Okay. What are you getting out of it now? Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't, I was felt like a broken person in a way. I felt like there was really no place for me to to learn the next part of who I was. Right. And because all the business was tied to it, it, it was like you were going through the grind, but you couldn't see a an end result. Like, what's it all for? Kind right. Of thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think I didn't really know who I was either. Mm-hmm. Um, still, kind of just looking at, looking back at part of me that was still a kid, and and part of me that wanted right. to grow up. Right. But everybody's treating you like, uh, you know, like uh, industry adult. Right. Thing, right. Sure. Yeah. Without... And or telling me what to do, like I'm a kid. I mean, it kind of right. both. Yeah. Gosh. Because it's best for them, right? Right. Right. They want they want right. to be able to tell you what to do, but also advise you as a artist. So it's it's a weird thing, and it make but it makes sense, right? If you're doing the business, trying to get the product out, and yeah, all that stuff. That's that's what you would do. It's just weird when you're dealing with people as a product. Yeah. That's you... where for me it gets a little sticky sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I had a hard time with that, uh, especially because I really wasn't the driver. I, I wasn't in the driver's seat right. saying, no, 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 this is, the, this is the authentic thing that we're conveying. This is what we're giving to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't have as much control no, over your no, message or yourself. Like, no, yeah. no. I mean, yeah. I was told what to wear, what color my skin should be, what color my hair should be. I mean, down to the nth degree, um, to the point that it, at the end there, I would look in the mirror and go, who are you? <laughs> I don't even look like you, you know. Yeah. So that all that really built up behind me, like nature's pressure, going time for you to pop out of here and Here's, figure out yeah. your life and who you are, and take a hold of the things that you feel are authentic and real, mm-hmm. because that's that's the the life blood there. That's mm-hmm. that's what's gonna keep you alive and thriving, and mm-hmm. that's what would keep anybody alive and thriving <laughs> for that matter. Quick, you know. quick pause, just because something that you mentioned earlier in the show um, was painting with your voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we're working towards an answer to what you think that is now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But was what you think that is now, did you get a message of what that was back then? Did you have a, th- a thought? Because mm-hmm. when you say that, I, I think like 
painting with your voice means big picture. Yeah, that's a good was point. Was that in your mind at all when you were, you know, younger you? I don't know if it was super conscious, mm-hmm. but I could say it was probably under there. Maybe that first authentic moment in North Dakota, maybe not first, but that, that mm-hmm. moment you recognize in North Dakota is like a beginning of that. I think that North Dakota thing was more about the people thing, okay. uh, the connecting me connecting on an authentic level with people in a live environment like that where it's happening right then. It's not pre, pre-laid out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know the vocabulary, but, we, you know, me with the audience, we are creating the conversation. Oh, yeah. Okay. That mm-hmm. is so powerful and so much more powerful than just singing a song. Mm-hmm. And just singing a song, I think... Was, just isn't good enough for me. <laughs> right. And over time, it became less and less good for me to mm-hmm. to do that only. Because, again, before it was all about, it was a, a job, right? Right. And it gave me the skills I needed for sure. I'm mm-hmm. thankful mm-hmm. for it. I'm not trying to take a poop on it or anything. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, for me, it was learning the vocabulary, learning some skills, and then starting to go, okay, yeah, but what? But I want to do something. I want to, mm-hmm. I feel something inside of me saying I need to, to create something mm-hmm. and then not really knowing how to do that right away right and then having people tell you this is how you do it uh, okay. and you try that and you're like okay part of that makes sense this other part makes me feel like shit okay so let's drop that you know it's a process it's a growth process yeah um so yeah so at the at the end of my la time i ended up calling a nanny of mine from my childhood actually mm-hmm. oh no no actually no she called me oh wow and i said Hi, Nanny Jan. She's not she's not alive anymore. Oh, but she took care of me as a kid when my parents would travel. Sure, yeah. Um, and do their thing without mm-hmm. me, or they would travel to other countries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, "Hey, how you doing?" I said, "Oh, I'm I'm actually not that great, mm-hmm. <laughs> but thanks for calling." You know, and she's like, "Well, I really felt like I was supposed to call you. Tell me what's going on." Oh, wow. So I told her, and she said, "Honey, you you come home, and I'll take care of the remainder of your rent." For the remainder of your lease. Wow. And she was just a regular lady. She was this realtor. She wasn't like in, in Indiana, in Alexandria, Indiana, oh, tiny wow. town. Okay. But she was a woman who just believed that she was supposed to be an agent for change and healing in people's lives. Gosh, that's wild. So she did this stuff for people all the time. She ended up starting a women's shelter before she died. That's no still, way. yeah, that went on after her. I mean, so there are a lot of these people in my life throughout okay. my story that just come up and they're like, what's going on? And they'll just, just I, I don't know. I guess maybe it's grace working through people. Yeah. You know, so if you hear, if you, if anybody here hears a voice that says to them, call, call so that and person, so, do it. you should probably do it. Damn. That's, don't think I didn't know it's just either. coincidence. Like do it, respond to it. Because sometimes we, you know, we all need that person to call us and tell us some, something and a truth that we are missing at that moment. Yeah, it's there within us, but mm-hmm. it's been drowned out by other stuff. By so much other stuff. But anyway, I ended up moving. I did. I called my mom, said, I'll be right out there. Wow. She flew out. We packed up my stuff into my Honda Civic and I drove. Oh, I pawned off my drum set Okay. for like 150 bucks, which let me ship some things back home. Okay. okay. Um, I didn't really have any money left over after all that. Yeah. There was yeah some weird yeah. financial shit going on in the background with me and my mm-hmm. manager and, um, reference I was, reference VH1 story. Right. <laughs> right. I was uh, 
going to a church at the time that was doing all these extra offerings and I was just giving money and giving money and giving oh, money and I was just yeah. in a very chaotic place yeah, yeah. doing all these things to just try and grasp for what was right for, for me something, yeah. you know mm-hmm. um, and in the end just didn't walk away with much except for a tax bill oh. <laughs> from Canadian government and the US government oh thanks everybody Great. <laughs> but so I left hundred hundred and something dollars in my pocket mm-hmm. drove across the desert with my mom, went back to Indiana where they were still living, my mom and dad, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just started over from total scratch. Yeah. Really. And it wasn't, I think, until four or five years later that I ended up... No, that's wrong. Probably about three three or four years later that mm-hmm. I actually moved away from there and started my own life again. Your own thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't really... It's funny because I didn't really... um at first, I didn't even know if I wanted to do music anymore. Right, yeah. I mean, that's a big questioning period, right? I mean, what yeah. what was it like being back? What was that experience like being back from L.A. to back in the Midwest? Well, initially, it was a relief. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just felt like the pressure valve had been hit for me, and I could breathe, and I didn't have anybody asking me to be or do or... Be here, do this, yeah. be someone else. Right, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? You know, go be this character, go do this thing. And then feeling like I'm just constantly failing at it. Almost like a reset. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it was just a place where I could go and say, okay, I'm a, I'm just a person. Let me mm-hmm. start over. <laughs> kind of like mm-hmm. rebirth. I mean, right. I'm a little baby again. Let's start <laughs> over here. You know, what are the things that we want to take into this life yeah. that yeah. we learned in the last Lessons. one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it took me a minute, I think probably six months to a year before I started getting back into even singing at all. Okay. Uh, lots of anger there, of course, mm-hmm. which affected my voice as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up going back and studying with a vocal professor from Ball State University, Mary Hagopian, who uh, is one of the best voice teachers. Uh, she's just an incredible teacher. Shout and, out, Mary. Yes. And she really taught me some she taught me the fundamentals in a whole nother way that I had not learned them before Mm -hmm. and also taught me how to depend on my body the nature of my body listening as a singer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's very important you know singing we all vocalize naturally right Mm -hmm. we're just unaware of the mechanisms that are occurring when we're doing that sure so when you when you're a singer and you you're able to learn how your instrument works which is your body then you can actually participate in it. Mm. Instead of pushing a sound out, you're actually allowing the sound to be generated in your body uh, and allowing it to come out. Okay. And that is a really powerful experience. Yeah, that's a cool visualization too. And it really made me more passionate about singing again. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. just like, okay, this is visceral. This is something that it's your entire body making this vocalization happen. Mm -hmm. And my voice got stronger healthier mm-hmm. while I was learning all of this. I even considered trying out for the Metropolitan Opera. I was just doing oh, wow. opera singing for a while there. That's cool. Because it was so healing for me mm-hmm. to just literally depend on my body and nature and what was really there. Mm-hmm. It was like na- being naked, sort of. It's like remove all the masks. Well, that's, I keep coming back to that visual of, you know, pushing out versus it's there and it's trying mm-hmm. to come out. Right, like, I think right. the, the pushing out... I mean, just the way you're saying that, it's like that's a that's a labor. Like that's work. That's a grind. Yeah. Trying to right. 
you know, people can't, I'm talking with my hands, people can't see it, but I'm like making the pushing motion. <laughs> force, force, motion force. Down, mm-hmm, yeah, forcing. Down. Yes. And then coming yeah. out of you, it's like, oh, like you, you're almost restraining it by not singing. Right. Like it, it's just a natural, right. you know. Right, right. Fountain. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, yes, it's healing. And really, it's funny because since then, I, I do a lot of vocal coaching now, and there are people that I work with that aren't necessarily professional singers, but they're some of the best to work with mm-hmm. because they're trying to sing as a way of expressing themselves in a new way, or they're trying to find um, a vibration that they may f- feel like they lost touch with or something like that. And so this is why when I say vo- vocalization and singing is really powerful, I actually mean that for everybody, not just for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've seen it change people's lives when they're able to really hear and get in touch with their true, authentic voice. It does something in your everyday life. It's not just about performing a song. Mm, mm-hmm. It's about something that's real and is there already. you just learning to facilitate it. Learning to facilitate it. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Which works for life, too. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how life works. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're here, you're living. Everybody's kind of a mess, <laughs> but you're learning to facilitate it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is a good way There's to put There's all kinds that. of energies, all kinds of things going on, but we learn how to work with those energies. How to harness your, uh, what you've got going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even, mm-hmm. even stuff you might be afraid of, you know? Yeah. Because I was, for a while, I think too, even after having been, I guess ha- after having been critiqued a lot mm-hmm. and produced a lot. I think I was afraid even to hear my own real voice. Oh, to even do any, it's like you were so boxed in kind of thing. What if it's not right? good enough? Mm-hmm. What if I can't really do what I think I can do? Right. These are I... the thoughts that go mm-hmm. through your head when you've gone through a loss, you know, because even though what I did was successful, there was a part of me that felt like I wasn't because mm-hmm. it wasn't meeting those internal hungers and desires and goals and I wasn't growing and yeah. developing. I was just doing a thing, doing it well but still feeling like a failure on the inside, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Man. It's a weird thing to feel. <laughs> yeah, that's so intense. I mean, just And people the... are shaking your hand. They're going, I love this. It's so great. You must be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> Quite the opposite. Now, I always, the thing is, I always appreciate people saying those kind things and everything. It's just... You're talking about... You know, like fans. audience, audience mm-hmm. members, like fans. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the and I would never take that away from people. Like, yeah, never would take that away oh, from yeah. people. Oh, they're, yeah, they're feeling their authentic experience, yeah. you know. Yeah, and they probably, I mean, yeah. what I've learned now at this point, because it's been years and I've had people, old fans reach out, is that they they were in the same place I was mm. and what I was singing was what they were going through right. and we met what I really wanted to happen authentically was still happening. Did happen. Even yeah. when I didn't feel like it was happening. Mm-hmm, I keep hitting mm-hmm. this because I talk with my hands. It's I'm okay. Really sorry. It's no problem. <laughs> Coffee talk. Talk, discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> Speaking of discuss, just real quick, J- Jeff. Jive Records is owned by Sony. Jive Records I is owned. Thank you, Jeff. Jive is been assimilated. Open. I know that you. somebody <laughs> out there was pissed. I called it like 20 minutes ago. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. Jive Records still exists. But bought out by Sony. Yeah. Do you have feelings about that? No. No. Don't care. No. That every, everything's like the big three or whatever now anyway. Yeah, everybody's owned by like everybody. The big ones. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Yeah. Facebook owns or Amazon. Amazon owns mm-hmm. Disney everything. Disney still owns half the thing too. Half the cunt. cunt. Okay. The world. Mm-hmm. No conspiracy theories here. <laughs> <laughs> Not tonight. That's funny. Mm. Yeah. 
so anyway, all that stuff just acted as a propeller, really. Yeah, I mean, early learned experience. I mean, it's that's such a ride, and I know we haven't even covered half of it. I mean, that's yeah. But I do really appreciate a story about you know just the juxtaposition between a crowd of seventy thousand, which you could still feel connection with to that North Dakota right. small show, but that energy. I mean, that reminds me of when we're skipping ahead a little bit, but just when I I met you really for the first couple times, you know, I knew you as Daniel's wife, mm-hmm. like the our new drummer's wife in Newport Secret Six, then W. Jamba. And I met you, you know, taking photos at Crazy Fox and, mm-hmm. and Mad Hatter and a few other local Cincy, Northern Kentucky venues, just taking photos and killing it. And I'm like, damn, she's such a gifted photographer and artist. <laughs> damn, I had no idea. Photography like, really helped me. That was yeah. another thing that really helped kind of help heal my artistic p- person or or. It just gave me a, okay. a space on my own to take a look at things in a really mm. genuine way. And, and Duppy Ajamba was very inspiring to me because all you guys were doing was authentic. You were doing mm-hmm. it because you loved it, not for any other standard reason. Mm-hmm. You were sweating. You were laughing. A you lot were, of sweat. You were dancing together because you wanted to dance together and make music. Mm-hmm. And I, that was really powerful. And the people with us too. I mean, that was always a standout, yeah. especially those cramped, like super cramped shows. Yeah, that right. whole punk rock scene. <laughs> yeah. Was the same well, yeah, and everybody was just kind of giving an f you to everything, which for me was really important. Mm-hmm. I, I needed, I needed to be in that headspace where mm-hmm. it's like we define our reality. Mm-hmm. That's what I needed to nurture that I didn't have, and I think, you know, it, you, you know, you put yourself around certain people that have a grip on that and it and it, it makes you emerge with that same mm-hmm. quality mm-hmm. and that's what you guys uh, did for me and photography was just a way for me to be a part of the artistic i think the artistic mm-hmm. process and experience mm-hmm. to be intimate with that without having to you know oh she can sing oh blah 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 not that you guys would have necessarily done that but i was used to that kind of thing right yeah 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 it just re- became quickly about that yeah we we i don't think i knew and not me as a person. You know? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that we talked about your singing career or any of your previous Mm-mm, life. We didn't at 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 all. No, I mean not not for quite a yeah. while. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, and you weren't singing for so long. No, yeah, I I didn't sing from <clears throat> probably well because I, I I did sing after I came back from Los Angeles in to, to Indiana. Mm-hmm. About a, six six months to a year later, I started doing studio work again, mm-hmm. and just picked it up back up as a job Yep. Um, when I was doing all the vocal training, right. w- which was inspiring me. I went back to do that. And then I also did some shows, mm-hmm. which turned into corporate shows, which oh. was like the, a live commercial. It's like, know? I'm back in a no. Yeah, yeah. So then I ended up leaving it again. Okay, okay. <laughs> right? It's like you were having like, it was like PTSD, almost, <laughs> right? Was it? like I've said that before, actually. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So I went back out of it again, mm-hmm. had this real crisis of whatever, and, and my voice was real. And my voice always seemed to physically reflect wherever I'm at so much stress you know yeah right not into it yeah and uh met met some friends up in Lebanon Ohio and Mm -hmm. uh then met Daniel and then we got married and we started a life here in Cincinnati and at that point like maybe a year later is when Duppy Ajamba came into the picture a year later okay yeah a year or two something like that yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep I think we've told the story a few times but Daniel joined Duppy Ajamba because of Craigslist. Yes, that's, that's right. right. We love Craigslist. If it still exists. Oh, yeah. It does, I think. Does that still exist, Jeff? I believe so. It yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, Jeff's saying yes. 
Still out there. I can confirm that Craigslist (laughs) does exist. (laughs) Yeah. So you guys met in Lebanon, Ohio. We did. We did. Yep. And it was a cousin of mine. And, yeah, you know. a cousin of his that I knew when I was a kid, actually. Okay, so it was, I didn't know there was a family connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and she and I ended up uh, becoming roommates. I left When I left Indiana, um, she and I became roommates for oh, a yeah, while. Oh, yeah, you were striking out. You were like, yep. I'm out of my own here. Yep. I just wanted to start a regular <clears throat> life and, and build a foundation for myself, mm-hmm. I think, to be a person <laughs> and then figure out what I was going to do with yeah. my expression or, wh- or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and we moved here. Mm-hmm. Moved to. I Nanny. started gigging a lot. Yeah. You started to not gig that yeah. much at all. Yeah. yeah. The f- the first time I saw Daniel, I was. I had just moved back to Cincinnati. It was two thousand six, hmm. and I was not gigging. I th- or maybe I just joined W Jamba. I think Jeff. Do you remember? Uh, April twentieth. April twentieth. Yeah, I mean, that, you would you would been in the band a couple years. Yeah. At least, yeah. Well. Was it? I saw I saw Daniel play with this band, Two Blow Honey. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That and was the first gig you booked. It was on. It was that was cool. my first yeah paying gig. Yeah. Oh no shit! It was with Two Blow Honey. Yeah. That was so. I was just moved back here. It was on the river next to the beer cellar in another place, which will remain nameless. Corporate inappropriate spot. <laughs> and um, and yeah, that was the first time I saw D. And then a few years later. He was with us. Yeah. Doing the thing. Yeah. And so, yes, it was, this is what flips me out about Crystal's story, too. Is there's, you know, like, what, three years, four years mm-hmm. where, you know, you didn't really do anything music-wise mm-hmm. at all. And I, you hardly sang in public ever. It was. Right? Yeah, I mean, it was I mean, probably maybe a few three to four years. You're right. Because mm-hmm. I was still doing a little bit when we were married at first. Right. And, and then and I phased out, out of it. it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you bought, I remember you bought a few pieces of recording yep. recording equipment. Yep. And then you got a Facebook message from Holly Wooten, who is Victor Wooten's Wooten. wife. Yes. Um, which is, it was real weird, man, because. I was just thinking, like, I was just trying to cut some demos and see if I could even sing anymore. You're just kind of, you know, poke, poking Putting your head my toe up a in the water. Bit. Yeah, exactly. toe in the water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just kind of like, let's see if I can do this What's without completely on? crumbling and crying. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, Having it was so flashbacks. scary, you guys. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's weird how these things can be crippling mm-hmm. just to go back to a thing that you've that's caused you so much pain, but there's also yeah. a lot of joy there. I mean, it's just yeah. a weird, a lot of emotions. Yeah. It's a weird experience to have. Yeah. And at, th- at that time, I just felt like there was something in me that really needed to start singing again. You wanted to express yourself. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. well, let's just do it in, in my own apartment. Yeah. I don't have to do anything big. Let's just try and see what comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I got this message one night after having started to record a little bit in my apartment mm-hmm. and Holly Wooten says, oh, no, that's not right. Actually, I was on Facebook that night. Okay. And I was just looking around, and I I saw an ad on the side of the screen for Victor Wooten's Music and Nature Camp. Oh, and I And I thought to myself, I wonder how Victor Wooten is doing. Because Mm. he had, I had been in a show with his daughter back when I lived in Indiana. For those that don't know, who is Victor Wooten? Victor Wooten is the bassist from Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones, mm-hmm. and he also has a, now a career all his own. Mm-hmm. 
He's now a base, also a base professor at uh, Berkeley, I guess, too. He's doing all kinds of things. And many times over Grammy Award winner, best bass player in the world, etc. Yeah. He's yeah. something else. Yeah. Still is. one of my favorite concerts, 2004, Old Southgate House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you have a chance to go see mind. him and you haven't, you should go. Yeah. And check out the music camps. They're incredible. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Yeah, so I just sent a message to Holly. I thought, I wonder how Holly's doing, because mm-hmm. I, I worked with Holly backstage a lot since it was her daughter who was very young at the oh, time right, yeah, that was yeah, in the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. And I sent her a message. I said, how are you? I just was thinking of you. Mm-hmm. See, it's Reaching that, out. that thinking of you thing. I yeah, was. Oh, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's Just right. got thinking of you. So I reached out to her, and she goes, she sent me a message back within a few hours. It said, did you know we've been looking for you? <laughs> that's that's wild. I said, no. Why? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, well... Vic's been trying to get in touch with you, but we he, he tasked me with trying to track you down. <laughs> because when I was doing that show with his daughter, he had come up to me at a dress rehearsal and asked if I wanted to go record a song okay. at his studio while we were in Nashville mm-hmm, doing this mm-hmm. holiday show. Sure. And I said, sure. And I went to his house while we were there with some other folks from the cast, and I recorded a tune that night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I guess he had been looking for that recording at this time when i had sent the message to holly because he was preparing for a new tour which he wanted to be woman he wanted kind of a woman focus Focus on this tour mm -hmm. okay and he wanted a lead singer that Mm -hmm. was a woman for this particular tour Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was for sword and stone uh that record okay and um so she said i'll have him call you tomorrow okay and he called me the next day and uh, said hey i don't know what you're doing right now but uh I'm getting ready to finish recording a record. I've got a song I'd like you to be on. Mm-hmm. And then I'd like to use Overjoyed, the song that you recorded, oh, the Stevie Wonder tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to put that original recording on the record, too. Okay. I'll put some strings on it, a little, you know, soup it up just a little, but I think we should leave it as is. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. He said, I also am doing a tour, and if you're available, I'd like for you to be the lead singer of the band and, and tour with us. And that ended up being a worldwide tour. Yes. Um, yep. And I said, yeah, that's perfect timing. I, I said, it's re- kind yeah. of funny because I was literally just saying I, I I feel like I'm supposed to try and, and go back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, Man, that's, work, that's working crazy. with Vic was a huge, very healing, restorative experience for me. Yeah. Um, and anybody that's been at his camps or has been able to interact with him probably understands why. Mm-hmm. And what I found out was there were, there were a lot of people that he had interacted with that have the same kind of testimonial in a way where they say, I was just ready to quit. Mm, and then mm-hmm. I you know, ran into Vic's book or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And, and uh, Vic really became a mentor and just continued to support me and help me get past a lot of fears that I still had. Mm-hmm. I was major anxiety going back and singing. I was never, oh, when, yeah. the crazy thing is when I was a kid, I was never afraid to sing in front of people. It wasn't mm-hmm. until later in my life that I started having this crushing, crippling anxiety. All the societal constructs. Panic. Just yeah, in the way you it's know? crazy. It, like, it, it was really crazy. And you have the voices, you know, the voices in your head that while mm-hmm. you're trying to do a thing that you feel like your Tell heart you wants you to do. Yep, you're messing it up. You're always messing it up. Yep. Exactly right. Or it'll never blah. Mm-hmm. This will mm-hmm. never blah, blah, or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. constant. Um, and at the same time, doing all of that, I had been working with a therapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> prior to this transition and then during this transition back out onto the road Mm -hmm. because kind of PTSD, like you were saying, I would go out and have these crippling panic attacks and I would just think, what is going on? Yeah, why is there a barrier now? Why do I want to do this and yet I'm (laughs) 
freaking out (laughs) Mm -hmm. about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And she really helped introduce me to some breathing, breath work, Mm -hmm. and mindfulness practice. And it was interesting because the aligning of that lesson that I was trying to learn and, and the practice I was trying to do to help with the anxiety what happened is as I went back to try and relearn to sing essentially on mm-hmm. stage here because I was still still felt like I, I couldn't remember how oh, I don't like know what to, block, how else to the say the block was real yeah it's like yeah. I couldn't even remember the stuff I learned with Mary Hagopian fully okay. I, I just didn't know if I would still even be able to do any of it at all yeah my breathing felt off everything just felt misaligned mm-hmm. and so every time I'd go out to sing on this tour, I would feel like I was building upon, it's like learning how to walk or something right, again. Yeah, yeah. And this was a part of it. And um, it, it, the, bre- the breath meditation and the mindfulness stuff I found was exactly, almost equal to the, the musical and vocal practice I was doing on stage mm, every night. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. when the thoughts would start to come rushing in, what mindfulness practice teaches is breathe and watch. Hmm. let it all come in there's no wrong there's no right mm-hmm. in that moment you're watching you haven't made a choice to what to do because that's where we have oh, where we have free will we don't have free will until we're able to watch yeah. and choose and all of us have blindness so all of us have things we may not see right at this moment right but it's available to, to see yeah so in the musical practice especially as a vocalist because the breath is so key yeah without the breath and the muscles that do that work naturally that you have to unite yourself with in order to really produce the sound naturally, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Without that, you don't have true vocalization. Mm-hmm. And you don't have the control you want either over getting down deep to the emotion and using the breath and the sound as a way to convey fully that emotion, to embody it mm-hmm. vocally or, or vibrationally or melodically yeah. or whatever. So as the, as the thoughts would come in on stage, I would watch them. Yeah. And I would watch the fear and I would just take deep breath, deeper breaths yeah. and use the technique and the breath as part of the voice, the vocalization to actually reteach myself how. And it helped me integrate the the fear and the anxiety little by little by little. Mm-hmm. And like a, like a like scaffolding, right? Like kind of piece build, by piece. building. Yeah. It. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. That's such an interesting visualization for me, just, you know, the anxiety piece of kind of, you know, instead of living in the moment, you take a pause, see it come at you, like visualize it almost. Yeah. And then be able to address it on your own terms instead of having having to address it in a more like Overt. visceral way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Man. Right. Right, yeah. And that stuff can be so overwhelming, too, that it can even just take you over. And if it's scary, then you're just reacting like crazy, you know. Um, But the reacting was keeping me from being able to sing. So it kind of put me in a position to really have to to face it, face face the fear. Yeah. And music was, was, uh, gave me the non-judgmental environment I needed to start to move more and more into what what I'd been looking for, which was my own authentic voice. And you feel like on that tour, you had more of a chance to kind of, it's almost the way you're saying it's like every day was one more step towards that authenticity that you desired. Mm -hmm. Freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And that's, I mean, I'm so grateful for that because I feel like it was something that I needed, I, I needed at some point was to re-enter in an environment that is public, that is out there for me to share with people, but in an environment where I could actually do what was real. And because Vic is, you know, had said to me, just do, you know, hey, I think you're great. So if you do what you do, I'm going to love it. Mm-hmm. So just do it. What right. was that yeah, like? That's pretty wild. So then I got to deal with my own fear instead of other people's <laughs> expectations. Yeah. I was just going to say, what was that like being in a situation where no ADAT for you? Like, you got this band right here, and it's it's all live. Like, uh, Amazing. It's the best. <laughs> I mean, it took me back to what it meant to just instinctively sing. Before I ever right. thought it was a problem or I needed mm-hmm. to fix this and mm-hmm. fix that, mm-hmm. you know, it reminded me. Because I grew up backing people up, mm-hmm. too. So it kind of put me back in a place of home with other players that we could play together. Mm-hmm. Because as I've, I guess I keep reiterating this, the togetherness is a thing that yeah. is a powerful thing that's a part of what I love about music in general, is the communion part. Yeah. I think you told me at one point in time on that tour you were you guys would switch instruments and you would be yeah. playing drums and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We all pick, ended up picking up an instrument that we were less familiar with okay. at some point in the show, um, and and we played together. Yeah, uh, I think Vic played the sousaphone. I think okay. or the tuba. No, he played the tuba. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, so we all did something that was out of our comfort zone, essentially, mm-hmm. and it was it was good. It's kind of funny. Yeah, that I would have loved to have seen that. I hope, is there still uh, YouTube footage out there sure. somewhere? There has Just to check be. It out. There has to be. <laughs> crystal on drums. <laughs> crystal on drums. I'm, I played yeah, a I little. Think there is. I'm I played with sure. a little bit of keys too. Oh yeah. well. In the show. That's in your comfort zone. Yeah, that's definitely more my comfort zone. Yeah. definitely playing keys in your comfort zone. That's true. Although doing it beside those guys, well, I was like. Please don't f it up. Please right, don't yeah, don't hit the yeah. wrong note. Please don't hit the. Even though Vic's like every note is half step away from the, you know, or every note's right, which yeah. actually in the end I agree with. Yeah. <laughs> now I would agree a hundred percent. At the time I was like, <laughs> sure, <laughs> like, okay, Holy but I still shit. gotta get it right. <laughs> I'm still about to shit myself, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talk about, we actually talk about Victor Wooten quite a bit. I mean, Daniel. Yeah, man. Um, I'll let Daniel tell the tale here, but the the whole reason behind why Easy Mojo is called what it is. Yeah, and I feel like a shithead because I can't remember where he said this, but it was something along the lines of, you know, try easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When, you know, as you're pursuing your instrument or really whatever it is, you know, try easier. And I was, you know, as soon as I read that, I'm pretty sure I read it. Well, I, I like, think it was oh, in the music lesson. I think so. Yeah, it was just like, well, his his, his, yeah. book, his right. book, the music lesson. That's yeah. kind of yeah. his thing, you know. And I think we spend a lot of time just, you know, chopping ourselves to pieces mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. beating ourselves up and trying to squeeze it out, you know. And Force like, it. Just relax, man. <laughs> Try <laughs> easier, know? right? At least that's my interpretation. Now, and that's yeah. and that's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, and, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's in a way what 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 people are really seeking. Mm. Mm-hmm. is that that's the sense of freedom is what's authentic and facilitating mm-hmm. what's authentic mm-hmm. things some, tend to fall into place whether they're challenging frightening or whatever mm-hmm. if you can facilitate that truest part of you then yeah. it's it ain't you know it ain't so bad sort of i mean mm-hmm. i don't know how it's like to say a stop it. stop fighting so hard and yeah. let it happen kind of ethos yeah because how much do you really control i mean i, I don't know 
Mm-hmm. That's well. That's a big question. I know. I don't know. Is what I mean. I really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think there's a lot of things that are happening that we could become more aware of mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. participate in for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um. Yeah. But I think there's a phrase. Even there's a song that I learned of of Vix that I like to do now a lot called One. Okay. And in the song it says, "Don't try, mm-hmm. just allow." Hmm. Don't try, just yeah. allow. What album is that off of? I think it's yin, yin Yang. Yin and Yang. Mm-hmm. Yin and Yang. Yep. I think. I think. I, I don't know. I might, I might be wrong. Sorry, Vic. I can't remember. Sorry, Vic. We'll f- we'll f- We're horrible fans. We'll, fix it in <laughs> well, we just love all the albums. It's like one big I album. I know. That's how I know? feel about this music. I feel like it's one constant record. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I referenced that 2004 show, but that was on the Live in America yeah. tour, which is still one of my favorite albums, mm-hmm. live albums he's ever done. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good one. God, it's so, it is so. If you haven't listened to that, everybody, Live in America, Victor yeah. Wooten, you should do yourself a favor. Yeah. Yeah, man. And listen to the whole double album. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I mean, you know, it's inspiring. It's just inspiring to to see someone that's able to be in the industry. Mm -hmm. Right. To be in the business side. Who's seen it all. Who has seen all the things Mm -hmm. and who is, who understands who they are and are, are, they are actively facilitating that. Yeah. And, of course, as a result, want to see other people also facilitated. Yeah. I mean, how you unusual know. is it that, you know, this this man has built that community that, you know, I've had a glimpse of somewhat, like, when we were hanging out with that Ron down in Nashville yeah. and just that community. Oh, Rob? Rod. 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 My bad. Rod Hatton's my bad. Rod Hatton? Uh, <laughs> Rod uh, Taylor. <laughs> Just like the, the, just these people that really, it's not, it's not like the experience you had using your your younger self. It's like this mature, right. responsible, encouraging. Yeah. Like God, we want everything to be like this kind of community. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. that's something we want to build on, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So it was that tour too that ended up inspiring me to really go ahead and step out and start to create something on my own. Absolutely, right. Yeah. I felt like I gained confidence. And really learned more about what it is that I that I want to do mm-hmm. when it comes to painting with my voice, or if, you know, communing with people, or you know, what mm-hmm. is that tool? What is singing? What can singing channel? What you know? What do I want to channel with it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we come back to that again? So we talked about painting yeah. with your voice, you know, as your sure. younger self, and that wasn't really in your mind, and, and we've referenced that a few times. What does that mean to you now? And mm-hmm. reference to you know. The tour with Vic, what you're doing now, mm-hmm. what you have been doing, stuff like that. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like poetry or or good story. Mm-hmm. You know, you start out with a blank page, and if you're able to really tell the story, then you've you've accomplished the task mm-hmm. essentially. Okay. And being able to really even just just create a song without any instruments except for my voice. I mean, just being able to literally paint a world out of sound mm. in any manner, whether I'm collaborating with other musicians or not, is just a tremendously... I'm just thankful to be able to be a part of that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm when I sit outside, I hear nature doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I feel like that's a holy experience for me. Mm. Okay. Whether it's, again, facilitating 
a band or it's just me doing doing vocal stuff on my own, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Um, so that's why I say painting with my voice because to me, you start out with when you start to write a song, you have a blank canvas, and then you start to draw the melodic lines and color mm. and put the emotion in here, and there are layers and layers to that. Yep, things take shape. Yeah, and mm-hmm. because it's sound, there's so much impact there. You can feel the vibration, you can hear the vibration. Mm-hmm. It's just deep for me, and and like I said, having having experienced this whole thing and and music really healing me Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. from doing it has made me so passionate about seeing that for other people too and hoping that my music is something that people hear and they feel that authentic part of themselves growing Mm. okay that it feeds it and inspires it 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 paints an environment around them where they can look at their authentic self with love yeah compassion and and truth even when it's ugly Mm. Mm. yeah except the bad parts yeah that's part of being authentic yeah well isn't that what art's about anyway it's a place to observe without judgment Mm -hmm. different pieces of reality whether it be our own life in our own lives or Mm -hmm. wherever Mm -hmm. it might be Mm -hmm. you know if it's not that i mean i don't know man i guess then it is just a business i guess commercials you know And you're just doing commercials. Which, and nothing wrong with that. No, it's cool. <laughs> and there can be commercials that are pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that convey authentic yeah. things, <laughs> you know. But it's us, the creators, mm-hmm. that charge anything with that kind of power mm-hmm. and that kind of um, objective. Yeah. I think that's such yeah. a great message to hear. I mean, you know, especially like think of about the message that you're telling now. You know, to what if your younger self would have heard that before she did? Like, you know, oh man, if seventeen-year-old Crystal heard that message, and who knows? I mean, it's it's you know, you accept that you lived your life, and yeah. people aren't ready for that message at certain times. But if you would have heard that, you know, earlier, like how things would have been different. You know, the mind kind of can wander too far, but might seem weird. But in yeah. a, in a way, I feel like I brought that 17 year old along with me oh okay and okay i did end up hearing it sure like that like that and this is what happened yeah yeah Hmm. yeah man that's a lot to chew on that's i really appreciate your perspective crystal i mean that's that's you know I, i think that's a pretty hopeful message for you know for any age it's certainly interesting times we're living in now so yeah. I think any kind of authentic voice is right, uh, right. is a positive thing. We need for sure. it. Well we need it. We I do. mean we need it as a as a collective group of human species. Mm-hmm. We need it for the earth. We need it, you know. There's just so much bullshit in the world for yeah. us to sort through. Mm-hmm. And it's constant. Mm-hmm. You know. And we're the creators of our world. We are. And we should be able to sh- yeah. we, we, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to show up together. It's us, right? Yeah. You know, something we've talked about on this podcast before. I mean, we obviously focus on Cincinnati and the Northern Kentucky region. Love it. Shout out. But we always, you know, we just did a, an interview with um, um, our other friend, Crystal, up in Wisconsin. Yeah. And we talked with her about how we have a message of, you know, we want to have a community of, of familial people that have ideas right. about authenticity and what that means and how you can strive to do that in your own community. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's great to hear you saying that from the perspective of someone who's lived out, you know, you lived all over the country and, 
had international experiences and I think what you're saying though is you found those experiences in all those different communities that there are people yeah. that are striving for that absolutely and it's a struggle I well mean. right right yeah right yeah and I mean honestly music is a way for me to practice this for myself mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I'm saying is like find that thing that allows you to to keep in touch with that part of you and and just keep doing it mm-hmm. you know and if it changes follow that instinct and and move to the to another diff, a different form of expression if that's if that's what you need mm-hmm. it's part of us healing ourselves i think and each other and probably part of who we are as human beings just in general mm-hmm. we might be a little bit more powerful than we think oh i like that absolutely yeah yeah maybe that's so that'll be the tagline oh my god Maybe more powerful than you think. <laughs> yeah. So you you came off the road with Vic, uh, kind of formed your own band for a little bit yep. here, mm-hmm. the Queen, the City, Queen band. City Band. Yes, which Still is essentially, rocking. I mean, that was such a great experience too because in the end, I you know I really felt like we were all kind of helping each other move forward. Yeah, sure. And the support that. And most everybody was a friend of mine and being able to play music with my friends and have their support, I think was an important experience for me. Sure. I hope that the other people in the band feel the same way. Um, but honestly, it was something that really, I think, gave us as a community a chance to explore some things together creatively sure. to, for every person. I, I hoped that everyone individually in that band would feel as though they got the chance to open up a new door in their yeah. own hearts mu- using the music right. to do that and, and i still feel like that happened yeah it was yeah. like another kind of another elevation point for everybody involved it, it was just great and then mm-hmm. moving from there doing some other stuff i went kind of back to some jazz stuff stripped the band down to a few people um and just explored some other approaches in the music which was super fun mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. only to kind of come back to what the kind of music now that it's so it's so cool because it's really very rhythm and bass driven and vocal driven and um i don't know man you know it's it's life is an evolution and i hope that the people that have been there for me along the way and the people that i've worked with also feel that that they they felt that evolution too Mm -hmm. while we were doing the things together you know that's just how i look at those experiences now even the challenges around all of those things, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's natural, yeah, for us all to grow, you know. Um, so I'm I'm actually getting ready to to record another project, okay, and um, just got started on it, excellent. Uh, and uh, actually, Jeff is doing a lot of the um, the the beat production. Our own sound man, Jeff Rickles is doing this, doing the behind the scenes and the in front of the thing. It's kind of crazy how good these beats are. Jeff is a multi-talented man. And you'll hear, you guys will hear it when it, when it comes out. But, um, we're pairing that with Daniel's drumming, which is also amazing and very dynamic. And yeah. (laughs) Yes. And grooving. And we're, we're, integrating kind of all the the root styles that i really love Mm -hmm. hip-hop that good firm bass and groove foundation Mm -hmm. with vocals and some jazzy tasty treats on the along the edges of the music yeah 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 (laughs) vocal forward jazz is always awesome that's so cool yeah yeah 
And I'm hoping, actually it. hoping to put at least one song on this next project that's just vocals only. So oh, I can cool. really paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a it's little like bit, you're you know? going back to that. Uh, nor- it all comes back to North Dakota. Yeah, oh, <laughs> those sweet people. Those sweet people. Oh, I'm, I just keep tying in. I think that's great. I love that story. I seriously, I've never. It was heard a. It cha- I mean, it was a. It was a turning point moment. Yeah. We all have them where we're like, yeah, that yeah, moment, sure. my brain did a shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. my sh- my my crown chakra <clears throat> popped open or whatever yep. that is. You know. <laughs> yeah. All those things. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it because I I really feel in my life now that I'm ready. Mm-hmm. to open up and, and be that facilitator mm-hmm. for myself and, and hopefully even for others mm-hmm. Yeah, to encourage people. You know, I love, I don't know any other word to use for this, even though this can be a religious word, so I'll just use it. I like exaltation. I like things oh, okay. that lift, sure. lift yeah, us, yeah. raise the roof, sort of, like lift no, us up. That's good imagery, yeah. Even when we're lifted up and we're observing things that are kind of crazy, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you're able to kind of shift your environment together. That's yeah, yeah. Like, like, how can we even do that? The fact that we get together as a crowd of people. And do this thing. And do this. Yeah, and we're, we together. come away. I mean, I went to a Radiohead show with Daniel and some of our friends. Oh, at Star Lake? We were at the same show, but we didn't know it. Oh, my That's God. Right. And those that band is a great example. You go to their show and you leave and you're like, what just happened? Yep. I went yes. to another land. Or not Star Lake. It's the uh, Deer, what was called Deer Creek, not Verizon. Where outside Wireless of Indianapolis, Center, right? yes, Noblesville. Noblesville. Star, Star Lake is Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nah. nah, man. Not yeah. Pittsburgh. Not Pittsburgh. We love you, Pittsburgh. If you're listening, <laughs> do we? Wait. We do. We do. For real. For real. It's okay. It's no, right. it's cool. We love you. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Collect. We love everyone. Everyone yes. listening, we love you. That's right. Um, yeah, but you're right. The the collective experience. I mean, you cannot you cannot beat that. You're making a form of art that's it's there. It's only in your memory. It's so cool. Yeah, you know, it's it's an experience. Yeah, We're creating sure. experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, that 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 shit just blows my mind anyway. In general, that we are able to do that together. I I don't know, man. We should do it as much as we can. As much as we can. <laughs> you know. So yeah, hopefully, and I'd like I'd like to keep sharing music ongoing too. So hopefully, this will just be the first of ongoing. Um, I mean, Jeff keeps, he's going to make like 12 records before the end of the month. So yes. I need to catch up with him, I think. No pressure. <laughs> he and Daniel get together and they have like a, two records done. I'm like, well, yep. I got to get started. Is Thunder Brothers <laughs> trademarked yet? Do we know? We're working on it. Oh, yeah. That's right. right. Thunder Brothers get Productions. Right. That's for real. Yeah. Recognize We've that. We've got some cool things on the coming up here, don't we, Jeff? We do. Yeah, man. Well, um, it seems like. You know, I've I've been married to you for 13 years, and listening to this story never ceases to amaze me. Mm -hmm. And it almost seems like you've lived several different lives in this one life, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, what, you know, as you face, I know you can't always know the answer to certain problems or just different situations that, you know, life threw at you, right? We always have to roll with it, but what's a mindset that you kept during those times that maybe you you know you kind of fall back on, mm. draw from, and you know just thinking about people that are you know in that place in their own lives or you know they've done a bunch of stuff and they feel like a failure or they've done great things and then they have nothing to show for it you know I mean it's a, quite a roller coaster ride you know that most people can't handle. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a really good question. There's a couple of different things that really cross my mind. Uh, one, just being, just, you know, keep living. I mean, you can't let failures disqualify you or pain or struggle disqualify you from evolving and changing. I mean, even the trees get to do that. Hmm. So don't devalue yourself so much that you feel like you can't change or you can't feel something new or there's not an answer or there's not a truth underneath all the untruths somewhere because you know you were put here you were born here and so there's some you know that you you were birthed as as a truth you exist so there's Mm. something there authentic for you to get Mm. in any situation even if it sucks Mm -hmm. even if the situation blows Mm -hmm. sometimes that's the actually the time when you can get in touch with the truth in the most powerful way. When I know yeah, shit, yeah. When clear, you're like... More clear. Yeah, because the, mm-hmm. a lot of things just fall away. Yeah, yeah, right. If you're really willing to just be honest. And, and I know society doesn't help always with this Does because <laughs> it tells nice you what to, to think and what's right for you to think. and what. Well, if you're this kind of person, then you should probably be thinking this way and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of puts up, puts assembles rooms and walls around you to compartmentalize all these different we things. Do, we do a great job of that as humans to yeah. rank, order, and compartmentalize. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Which can be good for survival, right? Can be, yeah. Can be a, an impediment. But what evolution... Is it is something a little bit different than compartmentalization? Mm-hmm. You know, it tends to kind of sometimes it just tends to rip everything. Sometimes things get destroyed, completely burnt down to mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. But we are all creators or co-creators in this existence, no matter how effed up we are mm-hmm. as people. Mm-hmm. We are always creating, and so it really doesn't matter what anybody says about you or who they've told you you are or have been you can create a new person even you can be the person you want to be Mm -hmm. the other which brings me to the other thing that crossed my mind which was something my mom used to sing about a lot and say a lot which is you don't have to be something you're not Mm -hmm. you don't have to Mm -hmm. deep down deep down sometimes we have to do things that are hard sometimes we have to do things that are challenging things that we don't really necessarily want to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we all have that breakthrough Mm -hmm creative power down deep and I really do believe that um because I I mean I've been in places where I just wanted to jump off of a of of a balcony actually literally really oh yeah it was just like well if this feels too crazy to keep living that kind of you know it's like well it might be easier just to you know float off into the vapor of the you know the ether of the earth and the universe yep and I think it's an important message to say that if you ever do feel that way, you definitely need to reach out to mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah. Yeah, just like you were saying earlier, right? Yeah. yeah. The world reach is better out. with you in it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. Well, yeah. and it's, you know, you're a transformative power. Mm-hmm. And in those difficult times, there again, there's 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 something there to evolve and shine and, and tra- change and transform mm-hmm. through. Um, yeah. And there are new things to learn. Yeah. And new new yes. experiences to have. Yes, you don't have to be stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but courage, you know, be courageous. Life's too short not to just stand and and just look. I mean, it's crazy because you know a lot of like I grew up in a traditional kind of Christian 
religious background mm-hmm. and and it, you know you know you learn certain things like be kind and be loving and these kind of things and yeah but like i had to learn how to look at the really difficult uncomfortable things yeah also and mm-hmm. it's crazy because i think salvation in general the concept of salvation is really this you can stand in the midst of all kinds of things I mean, history shows us this. People mm-hmm. have suffered through terrible shit. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And they yeah. have been able to transform yeah, reality and yeah. leave legacies through all of that. Mm-hmm. Why not choose that mm. path? Why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know? Choose that. Why not? That's deep. This is probably your most philosophical episode now. I think in there, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I know there's, you know, I said, I've said a lot. It's really because I'm trying to convey a feeling, no, I guess. Right. When Daniel says like, yeah. you know, what would you say? I, I really am trying to convey deep down a feeling into your people's guts that I feel, into which the is guts. just keep evolving mm-hmm. and moving. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, I just essentially even I just wanted to self-fund my own thing. At a certain point, I was like, I don't want any. I need to break ties and I need to. So I'll go get a job. Yeah. (laughs) I'll start making some cash and I'll start making it happen myself. Why do Mm -hmm. I have to depend on this entity or this Mm -hmm. person's approval or Or this this process or this way it's been done? Right. If it isn't working, it isn't working. Mm -hmm. It's like when you it's. It's like when you plant a flower, you plant it in a certain place, it may not grow there. Mm-hmm. It may, maybe it's supposed to grow over here, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do it. Yeah. So try again. Try again and find those people that can come around you and, mm-hmm. and acknowledge that and support you and nurture and teach you how to nurture. If you don't know how to nurture yourself, yeah, you know, the knowledge and wisdom is there. It was there before you were born. It's in your blood. It's in your nervous system, even though sometimes it might feel like it's not. Mm-hmm. Go after it. Go after it, y'all. For real. And then share it. Yes. Yeah. And pick a vehicle, whether it be art or music or singing or service to your community or yeah. being a, a business person in your community mm-hmm. who is pioneering something. I mean, you know, whatever role you might be in, mm-hmm. even if mm-hmm. you're in government, for the love, we need people that are authentic there yeah. too you know it's a hard gig but but yeah if you could, i think more so now you have the ability to connect with people on a one-on-one basis and right things like that yeah. right if you want to do it and, and put yourself out there well we then, do need it you're right you're yeah, definitely and right if, if anything i feel like the internet and social media have have actually been a it's like we're putting a mirror in front of ourselves mm. and yeah. we're going we're seeing our interconnectivity in a on a massive scale. Yeah. It makes the world seem smaller in a way <laughs> to yeah. me. You know, I can talk to somebody right now in Japan. No problem. Yeah. We can relate. We can have a deep conversation. We can have yeah. a transactional conversation. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So in a way, I think we're finding that out. And we're also looking at some of our own weird, weirdness. weirdness. <laughs> I mean, there, that's, that's, that's such know? a loaded question. I mean, but, but so many positives. I mean, look at when you, you reached out to, to Holly, right, right. you know, I know, isn't that Holly crazy? Wooten, if it weren't for Facebook facilitating or whatever yeah, messaging no system shit, it yeah. could have been. Right. You know, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's, there, it's there, is good, there is good at depending on who you use. It's a tool, right? Everything I mean, could be a tool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so true. It's, mm-hmm. it's weird to say tool because some people say tool in a negative way. Yeah, yeah. 
And it, I mean, it can social media and Facebook in general can be perceived as a negative thing. I Absolutely, mean, that's, yeah. That's our society right now. Is or I think we're struggling with how to do it, it and how yeah. to yeah, exactly how to how are we going to use it mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know it's interesting. Yeah, that's I mean, this could be a much longer conversation <laughs> about like, do we isolate ourselves because we reach out to the people that are similar to us? Do we use it to, you know? Right. Do good, reach out, or just become more siloed. Well, what know? are we broadcasting? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? What are we broadcasting? You mm-hmm. know, it's it's very interesting. But I love your message that you know, continually reaching out, like yeah. being open to other people. You know, continue to say yes. The kind of the yes. find the way to yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a new chance and a new opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, where can people? Uh, Stay up to date with what you're doing and all the different projects you're involved with. What's the best way to find you? Yeah. How can people find you? So um, I am one of the first, I think I'm the first artist that will be launched on EasyMojoBaby.com. Mm. Yes. As part of the you know production team. Part of the fam. The fam, the yeah. Thunder Brothers production on the beats <laughs> and the, the music for the, my next things. project. Mm-hmm. And um, EasyMojo as a production company and easymojobaby.com is I thought the perfect place for me to do this because it once I do it I we, we want to start doing it for other people. So mm-hmm. it goes back to that philosophy that you guys all heard about earlier mm-hmm. and um you can go there and then also I am on the gram and on the Facebook and do it for the gram <laughs> Twitter <laughs> on the gram Right. That's what they call it now, right? The no kids idea. call it the gram now. They do? Okay, mm-hmm. I thought so. Mm-hmm. I sound so dated now. Very the kids. Cool. The kids. <laughs> the kids. Do it for actually, the gram. Actually, the kids call it instating. Oh, oh do they really? The We're already out of date, man. Yeah. Damn. Just don't even try. That, you just don't even try. <laughs> instating. Yeah. The Twitters to tweet. to tweet. Yeah, so I'm on all the things. Please do reach out, and I'll hopefully, once I get this record done, my plan is to come out and see y'all in person. Yes. Very awesome. Out there. We can create some cool realities for ourselves. Yeah. So you can find Crystal at easymojobaby.com soon. Mm-hmm. Do you also have your own website as well, or is that rolled into It's our rolled website? in. Oh, man. That's right. So if you go to the artist page on easymojobaby.com and you hit Crystal Peterson, you will find some deets about me, some links to my social media and YouTube and um Again, I'm kind of doing another rebirth right now through the music, so mm-hmm. there will be some old stuff there, um, but you'll see some new stuff soon, for sure. Yep. That is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited about it. Crystal, thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. Thanks, you guys. Yes, thank you so much. So grateful. So grateful for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your message. I'm always uplifted whenever we talk about this stuff. Crystal and Daniel and Jeff and I have had sp- We've had many a night talking about this very same stuff. Yeah. We'll have to and come back and just do a roundtable about music and I creativity because like I, I like feel that. like we have a lot. Maybe I wish we could take calls. That'd be fun, I wouldn't know. it? Well, you know, honestly, <laughs> we would be miserable. I don't know. That, that, that could go one or two we, ways. Be entertaining, probably. So I'll put this out here. So Jeff tried a few, a month ago or so, two months ago, uh, put it out there on the, the social medias, uh, asking a question, asking you all Oh yeah. Um, to ask us questions, and we got uh, minimal responses, which is totally fine. No stress. But I'd like to emphasize that if we do that again, please, uh, yeah, you know, know, as... It, as we uh, get more listeners, just tell your friends. We we always ask you to go to easymojobaby.com 
And also uh, Easy Mojo Podcast on wherever you find your podcast to like, subscribe, review us with five stars, please, um, and all those fun things. But but do do all those things so you can see questions from Jeff and mm-hmm. get your feedback, and we can you know talk about it and do follow ups and all those fun things. So yeah, they're all part of the exploration. The more interaction, the better. That's what we want from this ultimately. So it's, it's they're part of it. They are part of Hello. it. Hello, y'all are yeah. part of it, y'all. I said y'all twice in a sentence. Well, we are here in Cincinnati. We are. We're so close to Kentucky. <laughs> we love it. All right. All right, Daniel, where, just one more time, because we've said it a million times, but Daniel, where can they everybody find us? You can find us at easymojobaby.com. Mm-hmm. And on all the social media platforms you can find us on that we're comfortable yes. with interacting with. That's so, right. Exactly right. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the stuff. It's all there. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Crystal. You're welcome. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Signing out till next time, y'all. Peace, everybody.